Namaste, welcome everyone. Pradesh, yes. So let's do the prayer. Last day is cramming. I have to be honest. <laughs> I said it before, but it's only two pages. But it, it, it is. I, I I even tried to give myself examples and everything, but still I, I could not. But the way you said it, it was very good, Rajesh. You added the extra words that made little bit sense. The selfless act and everything. <laughs> yeah. And, and 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 I'm sorry, you know, I kind of you know preambled it last week, and uh, you know made you guys. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh... <laughs> even if you hadn't, it it would have been like this. Even if you hadn't, it it this one was a little uh, too much. I think the the book could have gone couple of more extra paragraphs to explain to people like me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I recognize that. Actually, the the Gita when you read the Gita, the relevant chapter in there, I feel that uh, it is much more elaborately explained. But uh, looks like Swami Dayananda ji did not uh, feel the need to explain it in that much detail. Maybe he doesn't want us to get caught sure. right here and then not move on because this one statement yeah. can take a lifetime to understand. Yeah. I mean, to me, to me, uh, I, I think saying that you know, I think this is going to be the benchmark for the later chapters. I think <laughs> so far we have had it good, at least. Oh my goodness! And frankly, maybe. you know, I, I think so. Actually, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Rajesh can confirm. But uh, I also read multiple times, and uh, I thought I understood. But then, you know, when I tried to read again, something is. So, Think of it this way. Think of it this way. You know, when you're when you're driving a geared car, when you shift from one gear to another gear, there is always a little problem. But once you move to the next gear, it becomes smooth and you can drive smooth. So this is the gear change. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 So um, uh, please, uh, can you hear me? Yeah. Ah, yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, two things. One is, see, we went through this chapter of where we we said we are awareness right so we we uh, had multiple uh, weeks of discussion around that so i'm just curious uh, do people uh, feel at least uh, uh, 
at the academic level, do we feel that that is true? And it, it, it takes time for us to kind of internalize that. But do we feel that at the academic level? Because why I'm asking is, if you, uh, if you are convinced of that, at least at the academic level, then uh, this, the concept of actionlessness becomes slightly easier, right? Because if you are yeah. you know, awareness, then, and if you're consciousness, you're not actually doing the work. Um, everything is happening in your presence, right? So in the presence of consciousness, everything is happening. Um, another way of looking at it is uh, whatever we, um, let's say, whatever we perceive is perceived in the mind, right? It, it comes through the sense organs and it's perceived in the mind. Um, but then unless there is uh, somebody to observe it, it didn't happen, right? So for instance, you know, you're you know, you with a few friends uh, your mind is currently distracted with some thoughts and people are talking and you have not registered that, right? It's happened many, I'm sure it has happened to all of us. Um, it's just that our, we were not, uh, we were not present at the time. And so it didn't happen. So what are we, we missed a lot of signals and that uh, for us, that didn't, for us, that was not the truth. It didn't happen because our, we were preoccupied with something else. So in other words, uh, the corollary is that if we are present and we are, there only then that has happened to us right so whatever it is that ha has happened it's truth is truth only if we are present at that time so somebody needs to be there needs to be an observer for the truth to happen um so yeah. um so in that sense when they say all actions happen in awareness that's how i see it right you know unless we are there to observe it it didn't happen for us it didn't happen the actions that you perform, you're consciously doing it, right? Correct. Uh, that's true of that too. You are consciously doing it. Um, and actually when we perform, okay, so there is a second point to this. Um, whatever actions we perform, how, how can we perform it in actionlessness, right? Okay. So here is, uh, uh, please correct me uh, if, I'm, um, if I'm wrong here. My understanding is as follows. Um, when we perform an action with, um, with uh, in the spirit of karma yoga, right? When it's completely done with, without any, um, uh, what do you say, uh, desire for myself, for anything that I want, I'm doing this because of, I want anything for myself, right? Even even the slightest uh, um, uh, thought of, hey, I'm doing this so that people praise me or people, uh, you know, I'm going to get this particular thing. Even that has gone away. All those desires have gone away. And you're doing it in a very pure way. They're actually really, really, really pure. And you're not expecting anything. Well, even if you do expect, uh, you know, everything is in the um, spirit of Yoga, let's say, in the purest form. Mm -hmm. What then happens is that there are no mental imprints left by that action. As in, there are no samskaras that are formed, or the samskaras that are formed are very low potency. Right? It does not impact you at the deep, deeper conscious level. Right? So, in a sense that you're doing an action physically, yes, others can see that you're doing it, but it has not left any imprints in you. 
because those actions are very, very pure. It is coming out of compassion, and it's coming out of that deep sense of um, wanting to help others. So it does not leave any imprint in you, right? So uh, in that sense, it's like actionlessness. Okay, so that matches exactly what uh, Rajesh also put it in the text. Okay, uh, okay, great. <laughs> That's good. Sorry, I, I, I've been uh, I've been a little uh, slack on the on the text the last few days, <laughs> but yes, good. Glad that it uh, it matched then. <laughs> I think I can give one example if that makes it clearer. So say there's a person who, so so if there's a criminal, you know. Um, actually, not true enough. If any crime needs to be done, um, you know, you hire somebody to do that crime. Um, now, when the judiciary system looks at it, it is the mastermind behind the behind the whole action who's punished, right? Uh, yes, they also have some consequences who are in the middle because um, they executed it, but still, the 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 main focus is on the mastermind behind. So, say another example. If uh, if you have to, if somebody, I mean, sorry for the gross example, somebody needs to be executed. The the person who actually hands the the convict or uh, you know do something, they for them it is not a karma because it's their it's their job Duty. just to do it, right? Duty. So so I think what I'm trying to highlight is unless there is a motive in you mm -hmm. to something to get a result, you know, whether it's intention, yeah. anything, just the intention is to get something out of it. It is, uh, it is, it will impact you. So in this particular case also where you're convicting the criminal, um, you know, yes, it is a, it is, it is your duty, but you know, it is to earn your money. So you may get some part of it, but very, very small part of it. Uh, whereas if you're, it's a murderer, then the murderer, pays a lot more. Yeah. And then another example I was giving was, uh, I think, which uh, Rajesh probably started. It is actually a very good example. You are going in a, on a boat in a river, and suddenly you start to see all the, all the trees moving on the, on the shore. When you, when you are going in a boat or in a, on a road, sometimes you feel that the, that the trees or alongside the road or alongside the river, they start moving, right? So is it, even though you're perceiving it, but are the, are the trees moving really? But they appear to be moving, right? So that is action in actionlessness, right? Because they're not really moving, but you're perceiving it. So it's, I think, we're trying to combine a couple of things. So it's sometimes the ignorance which is leading you to believe, right? The ignorance is that the trees are, ignorance is that the trees are moving. So similarly, you have ignorance about yourself that I am doing this job, but I am not. I am the, I am the watcher. Yeah. So the ignorance leads to seeing action in actionlessness. And then I think the flip part, which you were asking was, how do you actually see, um, so what's the other side of it? <laughs> action, in, action. Actionless in action. How do you see that, right? Mm. And that is where this, this concept of 
i am not the doer if it is not driven by my desire i am not the doer like we do the breathing do we think about it it just happens do we think that breathing is an action okay maybe breathing is but like um closing your eye palak jhapakna do you breathing maybe it has more purpose but even that has little purpose but it just gets done right yeah so are you doing it so so seeing that um actionlessness in the action that make little sense yeah yeah so yeah. that that that's very good actually alpana and uh, kishore you know i i i can just i just want to shift a little bit right so here is my perspective on this so first of all let's try to understand what's the reason why this is coming up in this particular topic here right so uh, if you look at it um uh, uh, you know we uh, when when we do something we have to get the benefit of the of doing that right the point is who gets the benefit let's understand that part right when when if i if i want to get get some task done and i'm expecting let's say a bunch of people to clap at what i'm doing then i am i am known as a person who is executing the particular task who is expecting a benefit the benefit is people clapping at what i am doing okay but if i let go of that if i let go of that and say you know i really don't care what it is but i am going to do irrespective of whether they clap or they throw tomatoes at me then i am not doing that right who is doing it yes i am still doing that work but you know the tomatoes or the claps don't impact me okay because why look up look at it look at it this way let's say that you know uh, you uh, you keep your hand you touch something hot you know your body feel, your hand hand becomes hot right it it scalds your skin scalds and you will feel hurt but then if you say okay i am not the body then what happens is suddenly you know when you move your, yourself away from identifying yourself with the body what happens is that pain reduces doesn't it yeah right now you do the same thing you're doing something with your mind you're thinking something you're doing a task intellectual task but then you shift your identification from your mind to something else right yes you're still doing the task of executing a particular you know a thought right but your identity is not there in that do you get the subtle point what i'm saying mm-hmm. so would it be right to say that you just kind of detach correct detached attached yeah okay that's the whole point because that's, that's the way a... i would have understood when we were talking in the earlier chapters so if i have right. to move that forward even to the action is that okay yeah and 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 that's the first point what i wanted to make right the second point is you know you think about the practical application of this right the practical application of this is um see at, at all point of time we are thinking that we are doing something we really don't know who is doing that task okay if i ask you you know i think swami ji describes in the book right you know hand is doing the thing then you say mind is doing then finally it comes to saying okay somebody is doing it somewhere right this the point is where do you identify doing that's the whole point and based on how how our knowledge about our own definition of self like something what alpana and kishore were talking about right as our knowledge of self keeps on increasing right today i'm saying i'm the body then then tomorrow i'm saying i'm not the body but i'm the mind 
tomorrow I'm saying I'm not the mind also, I'm the intellect. Then, then I'm saying I'm not that, I'm this, something else. As our knowledge keeps increasing and our conviction about the knowledge keeps increasing, then the doership keeps on reducing. That's what I'm trying to say. That's the practical application of this. Actionlessness. So I think um, I think I I kind of I think I get the concept. Uh, I have to say, uh, although if I read it at you know uh, multiple times, there are times when I feel I'm not getting it. But I think I think I do, particularly in the morning when the mind is clearer. Uh, and I think the fact that we're talking about the I, which is the witness, uh, and differentiating it from the doer or the karta uh, is a very clear distinction that we've kind of been through in in the previous chapters. So that's kind of very clear. Uh, I think the other point that uh, Swamiji makes around, uh, you know, desire being the basis of action, right? And if you don't have uh, if you have desires, but you have no action, then it leads to frustration. And wh where I'm sort of, and again, this is again something we've discussed before, is about the desire, and Shanta raised the same point, that the desire is something that needs to be, there has to be, there has to be desire at some level, but it has to be, uh, it has to be not for your own self, but for larger uh, purpose, right? And and that's probably the whole karma yoga piece, which I still kind of need to internalize and and sort of grow in my mind. But the conflict between desire being a good thing and not a good or not a good thing is still something that I'm I'm sort of debating in my head. No, Ajay, if I can interrupt you, it's it's not my understanding is that it's not that desire is bad. Okay. Desire is good and we should have desires. Let's not get confused with that in my opinion. But what is what what the subtle point what what the book makes is, you know, when you are on this path, you know, you have to first of all figure out whether the desire first of all is a uh, genuine desire or not. When I say genuine, whether it's a dharmic desire, right desire. A good a good desire versus a not good desire, kind of yeah. almost. Yeah. For example, you know, we cannot we cannot desire to kill someone because that's not a good that's not a desire at all to be done it, right? But you mm -hmm. can desire to uh, let's say uh, earn a lot of money, no problem with it, or build a beautiful house, buy you know uh, twenty houses or whatever, right? Whatever can be that. That's that's absolutely fine. But when you as you are understanding about who your real self are and what your goal in life is, what happens is you'll keep on shifting your identification. Once that identification keeps happening, shift keeps happening, what happens is then you'll start evaluating your goals. Okay, does it make sense for me to have this desire, right? I'll give you one, one example. Uh, about uh, uh, when I was 45, I was thinking that one of my goals would be to uh, ride, get a two bike license, okay? 
a bike as in Kishore, not the bike that we define in the US here, the motorbike. Motorbike license and drive on the roads, US 101 was my dream, okay? It was a desire. But at that time, it was like, my identity was, I want to be that macho guy who will drive on the, on the road, right? But the last few years, my identity has shifted. What I'm saying is, I no longer think that I'm that macho guy who wants to, you know, show off to myself, if not to others, uh, that I can, I can ride a bike on US 101, right? So then what happens is I dropped that desire. It's no longer relevant for me. You get my point? Yeah, I get it. No, that makes sense. No, that's very helpful. And I think that's something which, which I'm still sort of coming up the curve on, but I think I'm, I, I, see, the, I see the point about a desire, desire which is desirable almost. Yeah, you know, if you go back to the, the Purusharthas, I think that's a good way of looking at it, right? I mean, it says Dharma, Artha, Kama, Moksha, right? So in that, you know, we go from desiring pleasure to desiring wealth because wealth seems to last longer than pleasure. And then once you have that, we seem to be looking for meaning as in um, something that's meaningful or, or impactful. Right, so that can be classified as dharma, but there is nothing wrong in desiring these things as long as it is within the context of dharma. Right, so dharma plays two roles here in the two meanings here in this context. Um, but then again, uh, at some point, even that might change. Maybe in this birth, maybe in the next, who knows? But uh, where you uh, want to go to the next level, this is of of having that mental calmness or the mental liberation, which is moksha. Right. And that becomes the desire. Yeah. No, that's very helpful. Thank you. And I, I'll raise just one more point, which was not linked to the current discussion we are having, but uh, to the action itself. Like in the awareness, I think we spend a lot of time saying that um, even observing absence of things is awareness, right? So it was not okay. just looking at things that it is awareness. It is like in deep sleep, there is absence of experience, but we are aware of it. Similarly, in the action, and, and this point just came when uh, Rajesh was asking the question, he desires to eat. If he doesn't eat, is it an action? So even when we say, I'm stopping myself from doing something. So there's a doership involved in that sense, right? But I'm stopping myself. I, I am doing it. So in, even in the so what normally is thought if you're sitting quietly is actionlessness, but not. If you are thinking you are not doing anything, you are doing it. So similar to absence of experience, absence of action. But if you think you are not doing it, is an action. Yeah, so yeah, action, action and actionlessness, yeah. Yeah, so. No, very well said, Alpana. Very well said. And, 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 and I want to add to what you are saying here, right? And this is where I think this word we will have to understand is that is actually, in my opinion, called as ego, okay? The, 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 that part of our mind which says that I am the one who is doing it. Although maybe the mind does not understand who that I is, the definition of I, but it thinks that it is the one which is doing it. That is ego. Mm. And if you ask me in another, put it in another crude way, 
that ego is nothing but that our own perceived individuality okay about ourselves we think that you know we are different from everybody else for whatever reason you know physically i look different mental makeup is definitely different so i think i'm different from everybody else but i'm not going behind that saying that i am the awareness which is the same in everybody else i'm not at mature there that's why i'm having that individuality problem and because i have the individuality problem i start having this thing saying that i have to do this and when i start saying i have to do this whether we like it or not the results will start accruing to us okay so in the last paragraph of this particular section that we were reading swami ji says the way that you will have to get over that thing is by doing karma yoga because when you do karma yoga it's like a quote unquote spiritual practice which reduces or attenuates that feeling of i i i in you i don't know if i made sense but that's how i no that's the part you know that became clear to me also that uh, i i think yes there were a lot of confusions in uh, actionless uh, in understanding actionlessness and action and so on but if i relate to karma, karma yoga i think uh, you know if i continue to do the right thing you know and be detached uh, in while doing that i mean not really getting attached to the likes and uh, dislikes of that and i think uh, i will achieve this so, so yeah i think that that's an appeal that i got i think no very 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 good actually yeah. lovely yeah i should say yeah vp rajan you guys have been uh, uh, showing action in actionlessness can we see some action listness in action now so i think as far as i am concerned you know the way i have been thinking about this a i am i'm i'm uh, how should i put it because i understood it after a couple of weeks and given that everybody is not getting it i am wondering if i got it or not got it point number 1 uh, point number 2 is that you know i was just taking a step back and thinking that this is uh, krishna telling arjuna in different ways what is this what is who we are the, the whole concept of awareness and i was saying okay if, even if i didn't get it i am getting some of the earlier chapters where he is describing the same thing in a different way so to be yeah. that feel to me and i understood that i don't necessarily have to understand everything that this chapter is talking about or these two pages are talking about even though i think i got it but i am doubting whether i got it or not got it so therefore i am going back and saying fine you know if i understood earlier chapters and this is another way of krishna trying to explain to arjuna okay. it's okay if i don't get it because you know um, i think i have understood the concept uh, you know and again i think because i am perhaps this is my guess perhaps because i am listening to uh swami sarpiananda ji a lot uh and he goes on talking about this sort of four things you know doer awaker uh deep sleeper and surya uh therefore perhaps i am able to understand these two pages much more uh, easily i think that's how sort of those are the things going on in my mind and that's why i've been quiet and just listening to what how everybody is getting to it 
I think you you have a very valid point, and this is something as you go along, go through this. Different people have arrived at it in different ways, right? So if you look at um, uh, the Mandukya Upanishad, what you just mentioned, they arrive at it through the four states or the three states, and plus the um, the fourth, right? And and we also looked at it through the process of going through the um, the different koshas, right? Then from body to mind to intellect and then something beyond. So that's another way. And this is yet another way. So that that's very, um, I think it's very nicely pointed out that you, you've uh, got that facility. Yeah. Rajan? Yeah, I was also equally confused while reading the chapter so some there were occasions when I, you know i tried to make things uh, as complicated as they were in the book and tried to understand sometimes i understood then and then i was not totally convinced so i tried to you know simplify it for myself you know simplify it to uh, 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 you know this thing must have come up many a times whenever whenever i have spoken is the common man which i see you know so the way I tried to convince myself was that uh, this whole Gita is about, uh, uh, you know, Krishna telling Arjuna why he should fight his own brother, right? So he's trying to convince this whole thing by making him understand these concepts and these uh, likes, dislikes, you know, you being the awareness, the consciousness, and all that. So the way I tried to convince myself is that all what you do, all actions that you perform in this world while you're living, is maybe there is a, you know, bigger force behind this whole thing who's trying to make you do these actions and, and uh, there's something higher force and it wants you to execute. It's not exactly you who are executing it. And that's how, you know, the concept was God, concept of God was brought in. Sometimes, you know, it was God, it's God willing, you know, God willing, I'll do this. It's God who is uh, behind the whole thing. I do not know whether I'm still correct or not, but. No, yeah, but uh, Rajan, you said it in a very, now. very nice way, which is what uh, Sakuba also wrote in response to what Shanta was asking uh, question, right? Yeah, absolutely, the, absolutely. And, and I liked it because the point is very simple. At the end of the day, you know, you are you are considering yourself as a quote-unquote instrument who is executing somebody else's action, somebody else's intent, not action, somebody else's intent, rather than taking that, you know, the ego position and saying that I want this or I want to do this. Uh, so, and if I may, if I may say one more thing, well, isn't well, it? In conclusion, Sorry, am I correct? Am I correct when I'm thinking that way? I think so. Yeah. Uh, the other way because that, that makes things easier, you know, becoming in a desireless state, in not in the real sense, the sense uh, in the sense in which you know Gita wants us to be. It uh, it takes you in a very you know in, it uh, lightens your mood in a very very subtle manner and you you are in a state of, you know you are very close to a state of bliss. Yeah, 
you have a, you're getting uh, you triggered a few thoughts in my mind, but I'll wait for uh, VP to finish his point and then I think. Yeah, so I was just saying that you know, uh, to me when I was reading this and the car example actually took me back to several discussions uh, uh, before when you know Alpna and Rajesh were talking about this screen example. To me, that screen example is the thing that clarifies everything that you are the screen. And every it's a movie which is running through it, or it's a stage where things are happening, somebody's thinking, somebody's doing. But you are the screen, so therefore you are not, you know, involved in anything, right? You're just an observer who's just watching all the action that is being happening on that screen. So, so I just wanted to go back and say that, you know, to me, that framework always helps me um, figure these. Uh, things out a little bit better, just to understand the concept a little bit better. Uh, by the way, Rajesh, this screen example is the best example that I've come across, you know. So yeah, it's a very, very screen. common example that, uh, uh, that all the Vedanta teachers uses. So it's is such it? a powerful illustration. I love it. I love yeah, it. it is. So Rajesh, in the screen example, who is, who is watching the movie? Is is screen the self or so who's watching the movie? If screen is the self, <laughs> I'm just so one more level beyond. <laughs> is that one more level? So anyway, I think you know, you know uh, that's a good question. But uh, uh, on a serious note, I think examples can only you know mental clarify so some part of it. We got to stop beyond that. Not carry yeah, forward yeah. the examples. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I agree with that. Um, yeah, yeah that, that's where I I used to get confused when I heard that, and then that's why I did talk that. Anyway, uh, so Rajan, to your point, uh, you know, when you started talking about that, it it just triggered this thought I'll share. Um, from a practical sense, what does this mean, right? I mean, I think we uh, uh, a lot of it seems like theory, but let's say in a practical sense, what does actionlessness mean, right? Um, see, if you look at finally the purpose being uh, getting to a very um, calm, still mind that is happy, right? Like that is able to enjoy the bliss, that is blissful, not enjoy the bliss, is blissful. Um, the, uh, that, okay, let's say that is aim, right? That is moksha, right? Where you are liberated, you, you feel um, blissful at all times. It's lasting happiness. Now, that is the end state. Uh, we, what do we do? It causes certain, you know, let's say we do it with, uh, with selfishness or greed or whatever, or angry, uh, we, we, get ang um, no, we get angry and whatnot. It causes us to stay, go away from that state, right? So if you do a performance action uh, grudgingly or we are frustrated and still do it, uh, we are the ones who get the, uh, what do you say, the bad samskaras in us, right? We are moving away from that calm state that we want to be. Now, convert that, uh, or if, you, uh, if you're doing something with, uh, where you're bound by desire, right? So you're, you are hankering for something, you really want it. And um, it, with that desire in mind, if you're doing it, again, it gives you, you may um, get it or you may not get it, but that whole process again moves you away from that still, uh, that place that you want to be. Now, if you were to do anything and everything in such a way that you're not bound, there is absolutely, um, 
you're, you're going in with a compassionate um, um, attitude without uh, expecting, without, uh, you know, waiting on one particular result, right? It's not bothering you. You're uh, in, in the karma yoga attitude. Then it leaves you in a state of mind which is closer to stillness, isn't it? Right. So in a practical oh. sense, it makes sense also, right? In the end, um, uh, you know, even if we didn't know, and um, uh, we didn't have the knowledge about Atma and awareness and other things, even uh, even at that level of doing the work um, in a very um, desireless way and, you know, giving with a giving attitude, it go, it's going to give a, leave us in a state of mind which is closer to... Um, stillness we we feel we experience happiness at that point so even if you look at it from that angle and we continue doing it that way i think we are going to um uh, reach a point where we can uh, you know we can see the separation ourselves it will take us towards that point and then it's no longer what we are reading it's no longer theory but it's something that we experience right I'm just uh, yeah I'm just no, wondering. No, well said well said so you know, I, two things I want to share here on this in this topic, right? Uh, something that I read some time back. I believe there is this uh, 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 mysterious swan. Okay, I, I don't think it is real, but uh, I, I heard that you know uh, the scriptures describe saying that swan has got this ability to, if you give it a pot of milk and water put together, I believe it has the ability to take out the milk and leave the water. Okay, so. Uh, and why am I bringing that here? Let me just explain. So um, the whole idea of the Gita journey so far that we've had is that, first of all, Gita says that you are not who you are. You are that awareness. Because that awareness is mixed with something else that we think uh, uh, that is not awareness, since both of them are so mixed together like milk and water, you know, we are not able to separate it out. So we think that we, you know, when, that when, we, when something is doing some action, we are bringing, we are putting that action, saying that awareness is doing it. And when that awareness is not doing it, we are putting that thing onto the body and saying awareness is doing it or not doing it. That is a confusion because we can't separate out the milk from the water. Okay. So the hamsa attitude, that's why some of these gurujis are known as parama hamsas because they separate that milk and water out. They know what is consciousness, awareness, and what is the rest of the rest of the matter? Okay, they're able to make the distinction. So for us to develop that hamsa attitude, the first step is karma yoga. Hey man, you nailed it. You just nailed it. This clarifies many things. Example, uh, you know, what uh, Ishwar just explained before. Um, <laughs> so, so, actually, you know, when, when this COVID started and, uh, you know, when we all had to, you know, start doing, uh, start chipping in to housework and, you know, uh, like say, you know, washing vessels and so on. So, initially, you know, it was kind of 
uh, you know, I, I, I want, you know, it, like, you know, you get frustrated because you have to do it, you know, and, um, or you want to do it because, you know, you want to be seen as, you know, uh, that I'm contributing to household and hence, you know, I'm, hence I'm doing it and so on. So whichever, I mean, either of these two things, you know, uh, leads to frustrations and unhappiness and so on. So I, I think, you know, but, but, but I've reached now a stage where, you know, we just go and do it. I mean, I don't, you know, I don't even think anything uh, while doing it. You know, I probably listen to something that time and I, I just do it, actually. So it's like, you know, <laughs> I, I see an action in action listening. <laughs> You're saying awesome. it's awesome. <laughs> Very well said. <laughs> Lovely, yeah. <laughs> So in other words, you you are you are where um, you know I and Rajesh and others in the US are already. <laughs> yeah, you guys have already reached that. So, uh, we, we, we in India were uh, you know kind of uh, corrupted and <laughs> no, you know to the extent to the extent that you know the the colony where I live now they started allowing domestic help, but we have taken a conscious decision to at least defer by a month. You know, it's like yeah, when it is happening, let it let it go actually. You know. You know what amazes me when I start thinking when we all just struggle to understand it uh, over like two weeks, three weeks, I'm just thinking if this is like what I imagine it to be at the battlefield, the brink of war, uh, Krishna telling Arjuna this and his mind is already in turmoil and he was expected to actually comprehend it and also act upon what he has heard and understood. I'm just thinking clearly we are like I'm miles away from being able to get to any point even remotely related to that. But, but on a positive state. note, but on a positive note, we started yeah. the journey. <laughs> you know, no, that's for sure. But just imagine having to have all this information, not just as information, but also understanding and then being able to act upon it. Uh, all in this very, you know, brief period of time. Yeah. Must have been and just Anup, unbelievable. Kudos to Krishna. Kudos to Shokigli, Arjuna is known as Gudakesha, who overcome, overcomes his sleep. Maybe he spent enormous amount of time using his sleep time to read it and understand it. <laughs> Must have, definitely. Yeah. For sure. I don't know if you... If you <laughs> sorry. Right. 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 I, I was just saying, you know, I know if you move to the last page of the book, you know, which I shouldn't have, but I just, I was just curious to move to the last page. You know, he says that, yeah, now I understood everything. Let's go. Come on. That's, that's what he says. Now, that's the last look, actually. <laughs> so, I, I imagine Sakuba saying, okay, okay, come, let me go now to wash vessels now. <laughs> <laughs> But do you remember the time just before the complete? I know there are some people who don't study at the end, but the speed at which you get the concept just before the complete is amazing. <laughs> Even though it is a short-term memory, after the complete we don't remember anything. Oh, well said. Well said, Arpana. Under pressure, sometimes it is right. <laughs> you will get it. In fact, you know, Arjun also forgets. He asks Krishna to repeat later on. And Krishna says, I can't. It was in the moment. 
so that gives some 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 this thing that it happens because the intent is at that time he really wanted to get it to to make some decision that's why i was trying to compare it to our concrete interesting yeah, yeah very interesting hmm. Or so, just live under the illusion, like in the compres, where you are really sleepy and you want to go to sleep. You just convince yourself that you just have understood everything, and you're so ready to take on that exam <laughs> next morning. Correct. <laughs> Does it mean Arjuna forgot all this after this? <laughs> he just finished the battle, and then like he was like, "I'll compre everything is out of form." <laughs> he he actually doesn't remember the full sense of it and but krishna does get upset about it like yours is sometime so bhulya that's the story but but yeah <laughs> I, 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 yeah, and actually, I, 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 actually that's an interesting thing what you say alpana because what i learned is what i read later on was that after the battle is over when bhishma is lying on the bed of arrows uh yudhishthira goes and asks him to you know quote unquote give him all the gyan about what is dharma what is the right thing and all that because now he's he's the heir apparent to the uh, to the distinct right at that yeah. time uh, they say you know krishna already told you know why don't we ask krishna again krishna says no i, I am done okay only bhishma can tell right now and yeah. then bhishma repeats that whole bhagavad gita in a different way that is vishnu sahasrana vishnu sahasrana yeah. oh really hey. oh, okay 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 so on a, on, a, on a lighter note again kind of going back to something which had occurred to me earlier you know there were you know bhishma and dhritarashtra and you know all the gurus right why didn't they impart that knowledge during the learning process for the pandavas and the kauravas why did krishna have to come at the battlefield to tell arjuna what he did i mean just a just a kind of a thought maybe it wasn't asked so ajay i was ajay i was thinking about that question uh, as well uh, a few weeks back and the answer that i thought was that all these gurus were gurus of certain things like for example dronacharya was guru of, of archery and then they understand the basics of dharam but perhaps and this is my way of answering the question to myself is perhaps because they could teach archery but they were not fully realized people in the sense that uh, you know a guru would be you see what i'm saying like they are gurus of a subject they are not the guru of uh, imparting this consciousness so um, by thinking on it yeah no i think uh, that's a, that's one point and the other point is actually what what shanta was saying that that question was not asked because what happens is all these given mustas even the enlightened people who are there when they know they are brahman who are they trying to change right so sometimes enlightened people may not always tell you unless asked and it probably wasn't wouldn't have been relevant if the pandavas were just taught this during their learning because it wouldn't have had any contextual meaning to it just like how everyone starts this journey to try and understand it at different points in their lives maybe it just wasn't relevant at that point in time for the pandavas or whoever was going through and I, I, and i yeah and i'm going back to sort of uh, you know again the discussion we had about 
you know, imparting the knowledge uh, about Gita to youngsters or to, to teens, right? And again, I mean, whatever we've learned, we didn't learn because we asked. We learned a lot of things because they were good to be told to us, I'm, I'm assuming, right? So in some ways, that disconnect, I mean, remains in my mind, but, uh, but that's not, not important, I guess. And I think, uh, I don't know, I don't know about either of them, but I think Dronacharya, he was more of a guru for archery, but Bhishma was definitely enlightened. Yeah, but, yeah. I but, mean, and I'm sure, you know, they, they had the best of gurus, right? I mean, at that time. Uh, so, yeah, sorry. It's also that he would have told how much things in, right? And, Actually, Ajay, that's a very good question because they could easily create a subject matter saying here's a professor of consciousness or professor of realization or something. That's a very good question. Yeah, why was it not a topic by itself? Here is here what I learned, right? Here is what I learned when I was reading it. You know, the, the, the uh, Kishore, there's some noise coming from your end. Okay. So uh, here, here's what I learned. You know, the, the Hindi word for vessel is patra, right? Uh -huh. Okay. And, and uh, the, uh, the, the uh, patra means you can put something in it. That's what it means. It can receive something. So what I read is that uh, the, the, all these people, they did not have the ability to receive. The patratva was not there in them. Okay. The ability to receive the particular knowledge was not there in them. Okay. That's why, you know, they, uh, that's why Arjuna gets that during the time of the battlefield. And later on, Yudhishthira gets it when he asks uh, Bhishma to give him the gyan about what is dharma and all that stuff. And later on, he's again tested when he goes with the Yaksha Prashna and all that. Okay, if you have heard of that story, you know, Yaksha asks a lot of questions and Yudhishthira answers. Only then he is let go to the next step because all his brothers are, are dead lying after drinking some water. So all those things... It happens because, you know, these people have started going through the journey in their entire life. You know, at, at different points, maybe they learn different skills. At one point of time, it became relevant for them to learn this particular skill, okay, which is to separate out who they are not from who they are. Even Krishna went to Gurukul and this was taught to him. So did have this concept of teaching about Adhyatma Vidya also, but it's just that how much you grasp and, you know, it's mm. like depending on what situation you are. Yeah, maybe, yeah. Yeah, it gets back to the point of pickle, marinating and pickle again. You know, it takes time, mm. definitely. <laughs> but the idea is, from a practical point of view, you know, uh, uh, I think Intuitively, it makes sense to separate out and say, okay, hey, you know, it looks like what I think I am is actually not who I am. You know, that itself shakes the very foundation because it shakes some fundamental assumptions about our own self. Yeah. Doesn't it? In my case, it should. It should big time for me. Because of the way science is, right, it says that the matter came in first and somehow the consciousness comes in. <laughs> And we become alive, right? That's that's how we've always looked at everything. But Gita just negates that and says, no, the consciousness is there first, and rest everything appears in it. So, yeah. so that's a big yeah. paradigm shift. Yeah, and actually, if you should go to last paragraph on page 65. That's exactly what Alpana was saying, right? Uh, let me read it. 
action is the nature of movement. All actions stand in I, awareness, the consciousness that is aware of space and time. The planets, the air, the people all move only in awareness. Space itself is in awareness. So awareness must be all pervasive. But the point is, the moment you say, I am awareness, we, can't, we cannot accept it today. Do you, get the, do you get the difference? You know, that's the end goal. But theoretically, yes, I understand it. But can I accept that I am that awareness today? Can I 100% believe in it? Maybe I have intellectual knowledge, but I have not experienced that space is within me still. No. That's how we will think, right? Mm. So that is where the steps are shown. Do karma yoga. Your mind will get a little purified. Then you'll expand your mind. Then you'll expand your mind a little bit more. And at one point of time, your mind will be so expanded that you'll see everything together. Rajesh, I have a question. Um, so, when we, uh, uh, so when we say everything happens in consciousness, just going back to that point again. So uh, this is something that I've been thinking about. So everyone's reality is different, isn't it? Like there is no, there is no one single. Um, the only truth is that that consciousness, in the sense that we perceive things. So how we perceive things, even though some something has occurred, right? And then I perceive it differently. You may have perceived it differently. So your reality is different from my reality. Right, because of the way we have perceived it. I think your perception is different from my perception. So that's the question. So, is, is uh, in my um, awareness, is my that universe of awareness is that different? Not the awareness itself, but what I perceive, right? And um, uh, what somebody else perceives will see the same thing, right? So, in other words, unless there is a witness, there is, it didn't happen. So, um, um, I don't know how else to explain this. Uh, so, but um, that, like each of us have our own world, in other words. Yeah, because of uh, the, the reality, uh, I don't know if it, should we call it reality or whatever occurred is different for me, different for somebody else, even though um, we cannot say that there that, that is one reality, one uh, occurrence, right? Because that occurrence is perceived by me in one way, perceived by somebody else in another way. That's, that's very sure. Okay, sure. Great, that's very great true. question. Great yeah, question. Sure. Uh, I have been thinking about this for the last two weeks, and hence I said. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, okay. Yeah, and <laughs> I've been having a lot of discussions. <laughs> so, okay, good. I'm not the only one confused. <laughs> I mean, not confused, but thinking about it. No, but it is very. What you're saying is your yes, your mind is different from my mind. Yeah. And the mind's perception, which is different for you and me, but the consciousness which is illuminating, illuminating yeah. minds is the same. Is the same. So, exactly. Um, so, the I, world of occurrence, the world of happening might be perceived differently, but the, the one witnessing is, is the same, right? Yeah. So, can you guys see my screen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I was having this debate with, uh, you know, my other wingies in another WhatsApp group. So here is what I wrote, right? So the question basically what we had was, does the moon exist or not, right? Okay. So yeah. if I'm not looking at the moon, is the moon there or not? You know, it's a logical question, right? Okay. Right. So the answer is as follows, and this is not my own gyan. It is from uh, uh, in the introduction what Swamiji says to Mandukya Upanishad. 
the first thing it says is there is something, there are three levels of reality, okay? The first level of reality is a subjective imagination reality, right? If I see a snake on a piece of rope lying on the road, okay? It is in my mind. It's a subjective reality. It's called hallucination. That's caused because of our ignorance, okay? Now, the second thing is transactional reality. This is the world that we experience when we have the notion as when we think we are attaching ourselves, the awareness attaches itself and sees this world through the lens of body and mind. Mind. Okay. Then that creates the reality what is experienced as world. And that is what 99.9% of us experience in the world today. Mm -hmm. And that is required because transactionally, you know, if you're feeling hungry, you know, you need to have food, which you need to eat at the food, the same kind of, you know, material that is required in that particular reality. You cannot say, you know, uh, uh, I am hungry and then go to sleep and imagine eating a feast and fulfill yourself. That's not going to happen. Okay. But the existential reality, which is really real, happens in two cases. Every day when we sleep, when we lose that sense of body and mind awareness. Okay. Then you don't know who you are. Then you have no clue if the world exists or not. Do you concur to that? Yeah, the world disappears because uh, okay. there's no input coming. Yeah. The world is. So basically, when we move away from mind and body awareness, the world does not exist. Because the world, yeah. the way that we are separating it out in this discussion is that I plus my body, my mind is not the world. world is different from me and my body and mind. But you have to draw a line more. You have to draw a line at a point where you say I, which is awareness. Body and mind is also world. Yeah. Do you see the difference? Yeah. Okay. And the second case when it happens that existence in reality is when we become that awareness, that Turiya, what uh, VP Rajesh was talking about sometime back. So the moon exists when we are deep asleep. Okay. But it just does not exist for us. That's an interesting thing. Yeah. Like, uh, doesn't uh, physics also arrive at the same thing with quantum physics? That the fact that there needs to be an observer only then there is. Um, I'm not an expert in that, but it it seems to be arriving at something similar. I think science is just not accepting that there is consciousness which is away from sure. it. Correct. That's the problem. That's it. Yeah. That's why they can't. Yeah. And it's called the hard problem of consciousness, if you, if you yeah. search it. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I, 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 I was uh, discussing the same thing with the other guys. Uh, it's by a professor in New, New York or New Jersey, one yeah. of the schools. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, so they just, and that's what, what I was saying, that they think matter came in first and somehow the consciousness comes in. And it can be, it can be generated yeah. Yeah. from matter, which is, which is what, you know, the, the whole, the, the starting point itself is, as per Advaita Vedanta, it is it is not correct because consciousness has has to exist first. Otherwise, where will the experience be if you don't have consciousness? Oh. So, so I, yeah, and, and, and sure, it's a, actually very very interesting thing. For last two weeks, I'm just doing that. And so any experience, just see who's experiencing. And that's what I'm trying to do. Okay, it is in the mind, but I can feel the mind. Mind is happy. Okay, who's feeling that it is happy? Right. In fact, you reach a blank state at that. Okay, yes. this is 
even that is not consciousness because right. i know it is blank that means i am different from this because i can experience it is blank so i'm not exactly. even that it is exactly. it is all is pointing to consciousness which i am so i cannot experience i can't i cannot call it as an experience correct if call it as an experience it's an object then it's an object yeah mm. exactly correct it's a very beautiful exercise if you do it throughout the day with everything you see here okay what i'm hearing actually the image is created in my mind so the experience mind. is actually in my mind it's yeah. not it may be outside but i don't know it is actually yeah. what i'm experiencing is all yours consciousness yes. exactly so that reality of okay the fact that i heard a bird uh, you know the sound of the bird or sound of an automobile it's my reality right because i may have um uh, my awareness was present at that time uh, so when the signals came in i could see it and hence it becomes reality for me but if i didn't hear it for whatever reason then that is not reality for me but yeah. somebody else who may have heard it uh, may have heard it right so it must have been reality for them it's different the most difficult for me was the touch i'm touching it but no but the touch sensation is actually it's also a signal yeah so it is it my in the mind yeah it's not actually and it's very hard to distinguish between the two no i'm touching it i can feel it is warm no but where are you feeling it, is feeling warm? it. it's in the mind in the mind oh, exactly so very very interesting exercise you keep doing Correct. it for everything around and then you go right. to the thought oh these thoughts are not me because i yeah. can <laughs> exactly oh, exactly can... yeah. it's beautiful and this uh, what alpana just now described if if we adopt that in our daily approach right i can tell you that is the most practical way of being liberated every day correct i agree oh yeah no we uh, don't need to go any more reading in gita in this if we just adopt this principle and i think in that if if there's there's just one principle which is required which is palvyapti and um vritti vyapti right which is i think i'll just mention it because it helps explain this thing so whenever we see an object what happens is our there's a vritti vritti is just a thought, um yeah um it's it's a thought of also a mental picture uh, uh so there is an it creates an image so the mind goes out and it it say this is this is a remote so the mind takes the shape of this so that is a vritti a vritti is being formed and then it defines it consciousness which removes the ignorance of it so it removes the that is called phal vyapti where we know the thing right why i am saying that is two things are required for anything to hear First, the mind needs to go, and that's what Kishore keeps referring to. That we need to be consciously looking at that thing. So that the vritti forms the shape of whatever that experience is, and then the consciousness illumines it, and we see what it is by whether comparing it to an, an image in our mind. So there are two things which are required. But for us to know ourselves, there can't be two. so what will happen is the mind will actually take the shape it's called brahmakara vritti of the self but you don't need a phal vyapti part because there's nothing else that's needed knowing about itself confirm that i am so i think just read about phal vyapti and vritti vyapti you know to to get a little bit more detail if you want to do this exercise yeah yeah 
so alpana well said uh, you know uh, uh, most of you you would have noticed this but you may not have uh, paid attention to it so when you go to temples you know especially south indian temples if you notice the sanctum sanctorum is dark okay there are no artificial lights in it do you, do you guys notice that and mm-hmm. next time when you go just watch this mm-hmm. and when they take that aarti right aarti what they do to the god they say one they say one song and uh, the song is uh, the, the shloka is na tatra suryo bhati na chandra taraka that's what it goes i don't know the full song but here is what it means what it means is the sun can't show who the consciousness is the moon can't show what do you, what does this simple light do you think this can show it can't show that card this what i'm what this thing is showing is just a piece of stone but that consciousness is so self illuminating that it will automatically illuminate in the heart in your mind that's what it means so it's a symbolic representation the sanctum sanctorium in any hindu temple is a symbolic representation saying that consciousness is in your heart in the cave of your heart that is self illuminating when you turn on the light you don't need any other light to see the light in your room in the darkness of your room do you get the point what i'm saying yeah mm-hmm. so, so this, this is part of our rituals right so everybody has been doing it it's just that we don't notice it we don't think about it right so the teaching has been there always right if it is part of rituals that that you keep doing it everyone does it so then rajesh not to get too distracted why do they do aarti in the temples that is every time you go there they reinforcing you saying that hey listen don't be a fool to think that this is god and this light can show god no okay the awareness within your heart is the god it's a reverse logic of telling you you know this thing is you're doing this because remember this is this is not the reality okay this is just a representation that's the reason. actually the the shloka actually uh, doesn't say that we are all fools but in in effect it communicates that we are all fools and maybe just because you have touched let's just uh, let me add just one more point once you realize the self actually that is when all the desires make sense and you will enjoy them because you would have you would have known this all exists in me and can't enjoy it so actually it's exact opposite of what it starts teaching do not have desires actually after enlightenment is when you you will enjoy the enjoy everything around you become the real bhokta after that and you will enjoy it so then it actually doesn't say suppress anything because you know you are away from it but like a movie like like anything you you actually become the the you know you can enjoy anything in life so it, it actually is a beautiful journey from desirelessness to actually not having desire yet all the desires getting fulfilled even without desiring action in actionlessness correct so it's actually very very beautiful i don't think i ever looked at that second part of it while studying you know always thought desires are bad this and that but for an enlightened person they are fulfilled day in day out and they just bask in that bliss and you know they enjoy it anything you give it to them they will eat it they will taste it and yet they are just so unmoved by it and that's 
the beauty of being in so so vp you know i really encourage you you know i can send you i uh, send send all of you guys that shloka right please listen you know uh, uh, read the meaning behind it and actually you could google for it you know why do people do aarti in temples google for it and just put vedanta at the end of it you will get the beautiful reason whatever i explain to you right now and that's a reminder for us that's what i'm trying to say that you know that is the goal of our life <coughs> Alna, I have to say, uh, now I'm confused. And since we are coming at to the end of it, uh, perhaps I'll take it offline or think about it. So I think I, I actually, I'm going to go away with two uh, things. One, this whole concept of first you're becoming desireless. And so that you get to that stage, what the heck is all that? And then the second thing is what uh, Kishore asked, like, you know, who's watching the screen? So I think I... I <laughs> so those two things are going to be on my mind yeah. uh, to to marinate over. Sorry, man, VP. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's good. See, it's good. It's, it's good because because then you at least uh, you know are learning something, right? Because that to me was a very strong framework, and you put a question mark around it. Now I have to uh, you know go back and uh, think about it. Again, you know. It's like it's like somebody taught you one plus one is two, and somebody saying, "Oh no, what is two really two, or could it be 11? <laughs> All right, I think the, uh, the the answer to that lies in the fact that every you know an example cannot be used and stretched in all different directions. So that's probably the answer. Well, not necessarily, right? Because that was the basic framework. Yeah. So yeah, no, it's worth uh, thinking about it yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I, I did that too. Yeah. Yeah. VP had anchored himself on that now, so he wants to make sure it's perfect. Exactly. <laughs> right. Made me. Are the picture back here, sir? Yes. I wish there was a Chando who can come and say the movie is over. Please, you may go back. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Pretty sure you're not getting some of the bits tilani jokes but uh, sorry yeah, about yeah. that <laughs> <laughs> you have we, we have your brother in law or me or any one of us to ask we can explain <laughs> it to you offline <laughs> one of the biggest jokes yeah you know yeah, earlier there used to be those film roles that used to come and oh, then yeah. they would play in any order so you would not know if it's over or not they would literally like the movie is over and you may go home now <laughs> the movie is some random order <laughs> oh man so all right so we are at 7:45 pm now so quick question um, next week do you feel we need to mull over the same topic or should we move to the next few pages i feel let's mull over even though we've discussed it quite a length but i'm sure you know some some more uh, we will have some more insights during the week and we can so can, can i can i just leave one thought i mean again something which i don't understand fully or i don't appreciate it well is when we talk about karma yoga right and karma right the karma bank the fact that you've done something in your past existence and it's carried forward etc etc and if we were to kind of look at sort of 
the eye, the awareness, and then you look at the body and the mind and in the intellect, right? Whose karma is it? I mean, is you know, I, I just don't get it. I mean, it's just, you know, is it, I mean, it cannot be I because I am consciousness, I am aware, I am not the, the karta, I am awareness, whatever, right? So that can't be I. So it has to be the karma of the body else. and mind. Body, the body and the mind and and so but then the body and mind do not continue at least the body doesn't continue after you know you are gone oh. yeah so that's my sort of you know disconnect how does it go how does it go to the next birth yeah how does it kind of yeah when we talk about yeah. karma kind of continuing i mean you know the eye is separate and the body is gone so where does it continue right you got it Sorry, say it again. Your question says you got it. If you can differentiate between the awareness and that this whole karma yoga is actually at the transactional level, which Rajesh was trying to explain. Right. But, but uh, to, uh, I think one thing we haven't probably discussed is the fact that the, they also split, uh, look at the mind body as um, the gross body, the subtle body, and the mm -hmm. causal body, right? So um, the gross body being the physical body that we can see and touch. The subtle body is where uh, prana and the, and the mind, the intellect, uh, um, they act, right? And then there is the causal body, right? So causal body, think of it as the, it's, that's the toughest one to kind of uh, uh, intellectualize, right? It, it's hard. But think, I think of it as the seed from which the plant grows. So the, there is potential the potential of the body is encompassed in that causal body. But um, specifically to this question, what I have read and uh, assimilated is that the subtle body travels after the death, right? So the physical body or the gross body dies and that merges with earth, right? The subtle body travels, which, which then you know, subtle body is where the karma or the karma bank in, in, in this context is located. And that goes along, along with it. And uh, the karma goes along with the subtle body and then gets attached to another physical body for the next birth. That's, uh, that's how I understood it. Uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. Well said, Kishore. Uh, uh, Ajay, there are two things. There are two ways that we can look at, it, look at this. First thing is, uh, you know, yes, the awareness is there. The awareness, which is actionless awareness, but what has been ha what has actually happened is that the mind, uh, one part of the mind, I'm using the words very vaguely for a reason. Okay, one part of the mind, like a mirror, reflects that, and it thinks that it is the doer. You get the point? Think of there's a sun. Okay, now there's a mirror. Okay, now the mirror has got because the sun is shining on the mirror, the mirror is also shining. Correct? Now this mirror is thinking that I am shining, I am doing. You get the point. But you you close the sun, mirror is useless. But mm -hmm. mirror does not understand. You get the point. That is our ego. That is our mind. Okay. That is the one which is thinking I am doing it. Therefore, I should get the benefit for it. So the subtle way of the Bhagavad Gita's task is break that thing. How can you break that thing? Don't think that you are the doer or do things that are 
that don't benefit you. Then slowly you'll dim that light of ego. When you dim that light, automatically that light will shine rather than this light. That's all it means. Okay? That's first thing. Second thing is, I believe there's a conundrum, legal case, which has still not been solved. Okay? It's a legal case coming from mythology story. A person goes and uh, he, I think he says that, you know, I want to, uh, I want to go uh, do something or whatever, right? He wants to get away from his household work. Okay? Not chadu pocha, but uh, in general, letting go and going away somewhere. Okay? Then the wife says, you can't do it. You have married me. Your body belongs to me. Okay? The parents go and say, we gave birth to you. The body is not yours. You belong to us. All right? The children go and say, we are your children. We are dependent on you. you your body belongs to us. When you say body, body and mind. Okay? Then the, the judge is confused. Who does this body belong to? Right? Then the plants and everything, they come and they say, you have eaten food from us. So the body is actually ours. Right? Then the germs inside the body, they say, we live here. This is our home. This body is ours, not yours. Now the judge is confused. Okay? And it's still an unsolved case. Who the body belongs to. But... Why I bring that here is that that mirror that you see that we talked about just now a minute back, that mirror thinks that this body and mind belongs to that mirror. And it is an unsolved case in the legal history even today. Few millions of years. Oh. I don't know if it made sense, but these are the two things you remember. Mirror and this case. Yeah, just way too deep for me at this point. <laughs> But I, in a way, sort of, I, I kind of, I, you know, the simplistic explanation that Kishore you gave around what you called the the second part of the body. What did you call it? Sorry, subtle, subtle body. Subtle yeah. body. Yeah, subtle the subtle body. body. I mean, the fact that the subtle body continues and probably resides in another physical body. That's something I can sort of somewhat relate to. Right. And and to your point, Rajesh, about, I mean, the way I'm seeing your comment about the body belonging to different people or different claimants, I mean, conceptually, I get it, but I'm not able to relate it to, to my question yet. Fair enough. I think we'll keep marinating this Got in the mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll continue with the same... Yeah. yeah, should we continue with the same then? Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I feel that this is a very uh, uh, confusing chapter in my view, and uh, it, it takes some time. So maybe, you know, we'll spend some more time and, uh, you know, figure out what exactly, uh, you know, Swamiji is trying to say. So we can better appreciate it when we move forward. And I feel that the next chapters are, uh, you know, um, it, it, it comes down to but at a different level, much more practical. This is like, I would say, you know, uh, introducing the theory before, before getting to the practical part of it. Right? Although I have to say, I'm in a bit uh, of uh, the VP camp where I don't think it's that complex. And at, least, at least at this point. <laughs> Maybe there's, there's something I'm missing, yeah. So, but I'll go by no, no, your yeah. advice, I think. Let's, yeah, no. let's, let's kind of, let's, let's kind of, uh, spend more time on it. I mean, it, 
Yeah, one big lesson for me, I'm not going to preamble with anything anymore. Just <laughs> let, let it be. Okay, that's a wrong thing what I did. I apologize for it. No, no, no. But there isn't any more. This was the last one. <laughs> no, but, but why do you say that? I mean, um, I, I don't think there's anything wrong in setting it. In fact, actually, it prompted me to make sure yeah. I take it used to face it more seriously. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, uh, for me, I, I found that the, the intellectual understanding uh, took some time. But then beyond that is where it starts to get uh, to assimilate it uh, and to make it a practice. As you know, as we, we spoke of a couple of practices today to separate the mind, uh, the awareness from the mind, to see yourself as the witness constantly in whatever we do, which is which becomes a practice. Uh, that's tough. That to incorporate that in in life is tough, and that's why they've laid out those steps, saying, okay, you know, that's where you need to go eventually, but then take it in these steps, right? Otherwise, it's not possible. For most of us, it's not possible. Let's put it that way. There are people who, who may have done it. And Kishore, isn't that for which we really need karma yoga for the mind to settle? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. That's why the path is very path is very clear, right? I mean, uh, because yeah. even at that mind level, the mind needs to settle down, which is correct. Yeah. If you're conscious that your mind is not in your hand, right? so the mind has to go through that. Has to settle down first to even understand the difference. Uh, between the mind and, and the witness. And I think Absolutely. a lot of the times we we can actually, we probably do experience it multiple times for brief periods of time during yes. a day. And I think if we can start acknowledging the times when we can, when we have actually experienced it or have had a better comprehension of it, then you can extend it and make it go to the next level. And I think what we all get hung up, or at least most of us get hung up, is the more often than not times where we don't actually get it. So you mm. then have not, you've not seen the baby steps that you've made in actually understanding it or experiencing it. I agree with that. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and actually, the next few chapters in the Gita, right? Uh, Krishna actually talks about meditation as a practice that you need to do. And the reason is this. The reason is it's like a one of the uh, allied skills that you will start doing to calm the mind. And meditation is not just for calming the mind. To even understand that reality that we are all struggling to understand. Yeah. All I can say is it's not the meditation that Recording. Uh, you know, we go through in our... Uh, you know, weekly Sunday programs, you know, that's more, you know, much more, uh, you know, practical application. Okay, all good? Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. I was just saying that, you know, today's session was so good that, you know, I think, you know, this recording is going to be a reference for many of us. I mean, frankly, I, I want to... Probably the sense some other time. Very, very nice yeah. example. Yeah, I'll post this on the audio. You can yeah. always listen to it. Is there any way to tag it when you put it? You know, you know, when you when you are doing it in anchor, you know, you can also add I think some tags or something, you know. No, I've added tags, uh, Sakuba. Okay. I've even talked okay. to talked to anchor guys saying that I'm not able okay. to search by tags, but they say that you know that feature is still not developed. Okay.
All right. We can close our session today with our prayer.